The internet has changed. So should the way you bank. PNC Virtual Wallet for Digital Banking. It's time for a change. Now through March 31st, earn up to $300 when you open and use a select new virtual wallet product. Simply establish a qualifying direct deposit. To learn more, visit a branch or pnc.com slash checking offer. PNC Bank. Make today the day. Virtual Wallet is a registered trademark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association member FDIC. Welcome to the John Campia Podcast, Episode 6, for Thursday, March the 17th, 2016. Hey guys, and thanks for joining me for the John Campia Podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the Batman vs. Superman hype. Indiana Jones 5 gets announced. Lobo may be back on the docket for DC. Sausage Party gets a trailer. Gotham gets Season 3, and a whole lot more. Thanks a lot for joining me, guys. Sit back and relax. The John Campia Podcast starts right now. Well, hey there, guys, and welcome to the podcast, the John Campia Podcast. I am, of course, John Campia, and thanks so much for joining me today. Been a busy week, a lot of things going on, uh, both in and out of studio and stuff like that. I haven't had a podcast since Monday, and yeah, I mentioned on the show last week that how often will the John Campia Podcast be? And the actual answer to that is I'm not really sure. It's going to be whenever I can get around to doing it. So I think on average, it's probably going to work out to be three times a week. I know last week I did four episodes. This week will probably be three episodes. Some weeks might be five. Some weeks might be one. I mean, depending on how busy everything gets in the future, maybe I move this podcast to being a once a week podcast. I'm not really sure. I'm working it all out as I go. Uh, but yeah, it was a pretty crazy week, man. Um, and I'll, I guess I'll go into some of that. A lot of Big things going on in the movie world the last couple of days. Obviously, the Indiana Jones stuff. Lobo just got mentioned. Batman v Superman is coming. I'll get to all that in a second. Um, first, though, I want to get to a couple of items that a lot of you guys have been emailing me about and um, asking me about. And so I've got some updates. So one of the things was I mentioned in my podcast last week that one of our immediate family members was having um, some real health issues and my schedule is going to be sporadic because we were driving back and forth being at the hospital a lot. Well, I I can give you the rundown now because actually some good things are happening. Some optimistic things are happening in that situation. It was my father-in-law, Ann's dad, um, collapsed of a heart attack and wasn't breathing for a few minutes and then went into like a coma for like four days um, and was, wasn't breathing on his own. He had a respirator and things didn't look good. And it was a very, very stressful time uh, around here. As you can imagine, it was a pretty stressful time. But then like around Wednesday or Thursday, he actually woke up. Um, they Then like the next day, they took him off the respirator and he was able to breathe on his own. Uh, in and out of it a lot, but he's been awake more and alert more lately. And he's been, uh, his cognitive uh, abilities all seem to be there. He's hallucinating a little bit, but they think that might be because of his meds. Um, But my brother-in-law, Anne's sister's husband, who also is a Canadian guy from Ontario, imagine that. Uh, but my brother-in-law was at the hospital and he texted me and he says, it's amazing. Like his, all of his cognitive stuff is there. We're talking about a million different things. He goes, but then out of nowhere, he'll say something like, do you see that dog on roller skates? And so they think the meds might be making him a bit loopy, but you know, I, I, I can't be too jovial about it because he's not out of the woods yet, but um, the situation looks a lot better than it did a few days ago. So I want to thank all of you for your well wishes and we could still use them. Please keep sending your well wishes our way. We can still use them. Uh, but just, I feel, uh, my, my wife and I are both feeling like a big weight has been lifted because things are looking a little bit uh, more optimistic at this point anyway. So uh, thank you so much for that. Um, the other thing that's been keeping me really busy, you know, it's funny. I was earlier yesterday, I was at um, the Collider Studios and I'm actually at the Collider Studio an awful lot. I was actually joking with Dennis last night that I'm going to be 
in the Collider Studio every single day this week. Uh, Monday, I had to shoot something. Then Tuesday, I had to shoot Heroes. Then today, or yesterday, uh, I was in studio recording the uh, Man of Steel commentary. It was me, Schnepp, and that should be going up online a little bit later today. It was me, Schnepp, uh, Mark, and Christian. We did the Man of Steel commentary because we wanted to get that out before uh, Batman versus Superman came. Then later today, I go back in the studio to record uh, Jedi Council. Then tomorrow, that's Friday, me and Dan Merle have our Schmodown face-off. Um, now that won't air until next Friday, but we are recording it tomorrow. So I was just joking around with Dennis about how, man, I'm like, I'm in here every day now. (laughs) I'm still here every day. The difference is though, after I'm done recording a show, I can go home. And I was teasing Dennis because he's got to stay there till like 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock at night working on all the other crap and not me anymore. So that's pretty cool. But you know, um, as you remember, uh, on Monday, the press release went out and, I announced that I uh, one of my new gigs, and I'm I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am about it. Is that I am starting a new show that I am going to be executive producing, and I'm going to be one of the hosts on uh, a weekly movie news show on this new Comic Con channel, Comic Con HQ, that's being put together by Comic Con and Lionsgate Studio. And I am so stoked about it. I'm so incredibly excited about it. Uh, this is something that I have been working on and planning for a while. Uh, we think it's going to start airing in May. So we were trying to get us like, I've got casting going right now and all this kind of stuff. But, but one of the questions that came up a lot after that, which I got to tell you, to me, it was a very, very strange question, like a very strange question. Like some people, I got a lot of people writing to me and tweeting to me saying, John, I don't understand. Like, why would you just leave movie talk to just go and do the same thing? And I, I remember going like, are you being serious? I remember I actually asked one person, I said, are you, are you being serious? Like, really? They said, yeah, yeah, it's just the same thing. I said, well, no, no, it's not the same thing. It's totally different. Like, look, I am a movie news guy. I am more than just a movie news guy, but I'm primarily a movie news guy. I'm a movie, I'm a movie pundit. I mean, that's what I am. I've been a movie pundit for the past 13 years. That's what I do. I've been doing movie punditry and movie talk online long before I ever started at AMC. I will still be doing movie talk and movie punditry and movie discussion long after I'm done at movie talk and, uh, you know, Collider and and even this new show that I'm doing at Comic-Con HQ. I said, that's kind of my profession. Um, So I, and not to mention, this is a, uh, this is a much different kind of thing, but for me to have an opportunity to do a weekly, not a not a daily, a weekly show under the banner of brands like Comic-Con and Lionsgate is just a night and day difference from what I was doing before. So I, I, would, I was joking with this dude who was, you know, kind of asking me, you know, isn't this just doing the same thing? I said, well, like, what's your profession? Are you um, uh, an accountant? If you're an accountant and you leave, you know, one shop, an accountant shop, because you had... Uh, a, a bigger and, and, and more challenging opportunity at another firm in New York city, but you're still an accountant. Cause that's what you are. You're an accountant. Are, are your friends going to come to you and say, well, why did you make that change? It's just the same thing. No, it's totally different things. I don't, I don't know why some people thought I was going to leave Collider movie talk and then go off and be an NBA basketball player or something strange along those lines. And I had some people say to me online, they'd say, John, but we thought you said you were leaving Collider movie talk because you, you were too overworked and you needed a break. And I said, no, what I clearly said on my announcement was the fact that Collider movie talk had me working 60, sometimes 70 hour weeks. And that I had no, was that it left me no time to accept or explore other opportunities and other things. So, and I said in the last couple of years, and this is true in the last number of years, Um, I've had some really interesting and very cool opportunities come along that even if I was just like working 40 hour weeks, I probably would have been able to dabble in and kind of take advantage of. But because, you know, movie talk is such an all encompassing job running, you know, AMC movie news at one point and then Collider video at another point, 
was such an all-encompassing job. I was just, I would have these really cool opportunities coming along and I could never say yes to them. I mean, here's, here's just a small example, right? So I got invited to go to London to visit the set of Avengers Age of Ultron. I got invited to fly to London and go on set and be on set with Joss Whedon and a bunch of other people for Age of Ultron. Now, I kind of like to let my teammates who work with me have, like I let uh, Christian Harloff take the Ant-Man set visit. I let Ashley Mova to do the Pixar visit. I like to let my teammates take advantage of some of these cool events. And so I wanted to let Schnepp go and take that set visit to, to London. So I set up for him. But but one of the reasons, number one, I, I did want Schnepp to have the opportunity. I thought it would be cool if he had that chance to go. But also one of the reasons is because I couldn't get away. I, I didn't have time to take three days out to go hop on a plane, fly to London, be on set for a day and a half, and then fly back. I just didn't have the time. And I've had a couple, some studios have offered me some pretty cool opportunities. I just could never say yes to anything. And I had been doing Collider Movie Talk and, and before that AMC Movie Talk and running AMC Movie News and running Collider Video for altogether six, six plus years. And, you know, I just decided that it was time because I now had my team in place and I had such high quality people and I had them trained and I had everybody in the right place. And I just was able to organize deals for Mark and Christian to make sure their positions there were now solid and in place. I had just got the ball rolling on getting some new shows launched and have all the right structure. There was never going to be a better time that if I was going to step away and leave Collider video, there would never be a better time for me to do it than right now. And so I did, and immediately I started getting opportunities, and uh, there are a couple things I've said yes to. A few of them, I can't tell you what they are yet, but that, but they are coming. I am going to be able to tell you what I'm doing here pretty damn soon. But the one thing that I was really excited about was this Comic-Con thing, and of course, we were able to make the announcement there the other day. But you know, being around the, the Collider offices, because I'm still in there every day. I'm still at the Collider offices every day. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because I'm still committed to to helping and being a part of things. But number two, I want to lend as much support as I can for as long as I can to make sure this thing runs great. And you know, I had somebody ask me, um, do you do you deep down, John, deep down? And I understand where the question was coming from. I do. So do you deep down kind of hope to see that Collider video starts to fail with you gone? And I said, oh my God, no, no. Why? Not because I'm a nice guy. <laughs> Forget no, not because of that. But because, and I, I truly believe this. I've always believed this when it comes to leadership and anything like that. I truly believe this. The true test of your ability as a leader. Here's the true test. I firmly believe this. The true test of your leadership is the health of your team, whether it's sports, whether it's business, whether it's entertainment or and creative, whatever it is. I truly believe your leadership isn't truly tested until you are gone. Because a true leader and I've always believed this. I don't know how good I am at this, but I've always believed this purely that a true leader doesn't just carry the ball themselves, but rather the true leader organizes their team and rallies their team and sets up their team and trains their team and leads their team in such a way that they themselves become expendable. Expendable might be too strong of a word, but you see what I'm saying. And therefore, if that's true, like some people think that would be good for my ego. Like if I left Collider Video and all of a sudden, you know, within six months, it starts to suffer and fail. And some people think that would make you feel good, right? Because that meant it really needed you. No, completely the opposite. Because this is the truth. 
If I leave Collider Video as the head of Collider Video and it starts to sputter and starts to fail, that won't be Dennis's failure. Dennis, who is the new head of Collider Video and doing a kick-ass job at it, by the way, that won't be Christian's failure. That won't be Mark's failure. That won't be Schnepp's failure. It won't be Wendy's failure. It won't be Ashley's failure. If Collider Video, now that I've stepped out, if it starts to sputter and fail, it's one person's fault and one person only. This guy. If Collider Video, now that I have stepped away, Movie Talk and Heroes and Jedi, well, I'm still on Heroes and Jedi Council, but you know, Movie Talk and Mailbag and the whole organization as a whole. If that starts to fail, then that failure belongs to nobody but me. That's on me. Because if for some reason Collider Video started to fail, and it's not going to fail, but if it did start to fail, then the reason it would fail was because I failed to either properly train, properly recruit, properly hire, properly organize, properly motivate. If it failed, it would be because I failed as a leader. So if things start to go wrong, it ain't Dennis's fault. It ain't Schnepp's fault. It ain't Mark's fault. It ain't Christian's fault. It ain't Ashley's fault. It ain't Wendy's fault. It ain't anybody's fault except me. It's my fault. It's on me. Because the true test of a leader is can something continue and thrive when you leave? That is the ultimate test of how you did as a leader. I mean, there's lots of things to do as a leader when you're still there. Absolutely. I'm not saying there's not. But the real gut test, the real gut check, I should say, the real true litmus test of how good are you as a leader is what happens to your team when you're gone. Now, if if Collider Video continues to thrive and succeed and grow the way we've been growing this whole time, that's not because of me. Then that'll be because of Dennis and because of uh, Ashley and because of Christian and Mark and Schnepp. It'll be because of them. If it continues to thrive and succeed, it'll be because they are doing an amazing kick-ass job, which they already are. But if it fails, it ain't on them. It's on me. And I got to wear that. And that'll be my shame. And that'll be my failure. So when a friend of mine asked, hey, John, do you deep down maybe secretly hope it fails? No. No, because nothing would look worse on me. See, you think it would look good on you if you stepped away and it started to fail. How you think? No, 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 no. That makes me look like a complete fucking failure. A complete fucking failure. So I was able, though, to step away because I have 100% confidence in the guys there, in the girls there. I have 100% confidence in the team that we have at Collider Video that is still there. They are already kicking ass and taking names. It's an amazing thing over there. But yeah, I've been getting a lot of questions about that since stepping away. And I admit it's weird. It is It is weird. Actually, me and Schnepp were both at uh, the Collider Video studio today. And he and I went and had dinner after we shot our Man of Steel thing. And as we're walking to the restaurant, I'm like, man, it's... It's kind of funny being in there because as we were there, after we were done shooting the Man of Steel commentary, a couple of other people started showing up, like Josh McCuga showed up and and uh, uh, Sinead DeFries showed up because there was another meeting happening for a new project that's going on. And Dennis was starting to, you know, assemble everybody and pull everything together as, Den- as Schnepp and I were heading out to go grab dinner. And I said, it's... It kind of feels weird, man, that there are things going on there in the office that I'm not a part of. It's strange. It's still a really strange feeling. But, you know, me and Dennis are in communication every day. We're talking every day. I'm there every day. So everything's going pretty good. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so when it comes a couple other things to get into before we get to the movie news. Oh, a bunch of people have been asking me about my book, The Pride. Uh, I should have had a copy of the book here on the table, but I don't. Uh, my novel, The Pride has done, I'm I'm happy to say, has done far better than I thought it would. It has far exceeded my expectations. It has far exceeded um, 
you know, what I thought it was going to do. So I am super happy and grateful about that. So by all means, guys, jump on over, head on over to um, Amazon and just search for The Pride, John Campion, or just The Pride Campion. You'll, you'll find my book there. And I'd love it if you picked it up either on Kindle or on a paperback version. And if you're one of the people who uh, supported me during the Kickstarter, those books are all shipped now. They're shipped. They're in the mail. So uh, fire me off a tweet when you get them and send me a little picture of you with the uh, the book. That would be awesome to see. Um, I was talking a little bit about Comic-Con HQ for a second. Super excited about that new show starting up. Um, things are going great. But I have a few roles I have to cast for. And I put out a casting call for this co-anchor position for our news desk segment. And I'll, what's the news desk segment, John? You'll see when the show gets rolling, but um, it's not it's not a massive part. It's a small part, actually. But still, for, for a co-anchor news desk position, we were looking for a female because our news desk is gonna be a male-female team, and we already have our guy. So we are searching, and I will tell you soon who the guy is. So we're searching for the girl, because we want it to be both. We want it to be male and female on that panel. So we're searching for the girl and I kid you not, uh, over eight, as of right now in less than two days, a day and a half, really 800 applications came in, 800 applications came in like my entire night last night, seriously, from dinner till I went to bed at about 1am was me and my laptop just going through applications and looking at demo reels and uh, looking at headshots and, and reading resumes. And it was just all of that trying to narrow down. Uh, we're going to try to narrow down 800 to about 25 or 30 people that will actually invite to come in and audition. But it's, it's, a, it's a tedious sort of task. But things are starting to come together for our Comic-Con show. Um, and hey, today is what is today? Today's the 17th. Yeah, today's the 17th. Man, we're one week away. We are one week away from Batman v Superman. How freaking cool is that? We are one week away. And you know, man, I am taken back to three years ago. I think it is now at Comic-Con when Zack Snyder got on stage and Harry Lennox, the great actor, got on stage with them and they read that passage from The Dark Knight Returns. I want you to remember, Clark, my hand at your throat. I want you to remember the one man who beat you. You know, Harry Lennox is reading that, so you know it sounded cool. And I was there. And how we all freaked out. And now here we are, one week away. A year later than they told us it was going to come. But we're now only one week away, guys. One week away. And I got my press screening invite. And I got to tell you, you know, for Man of Steel, I turned down the press invites to go and watch Man of Steel early because I wanted to watch, I was so excited for Man of Steel, I wanted to watch it first with a real audience. I thought maybe I would do the same thing for Batman vs Superman, but I just couldn't. I just can't. I can't. So uh, like me and Dennis and Wendy and Mark and Christian and Schnepp were all going to go on Tuesday night. So me and Schnepp are going to do Heroes on Tuesday wrap that up. And as soon as that's done, we get in our cars and we drive to go watch Batman versus Superman on Tuesday night. So Wednesday, um, we will, we'll have seen the film by then. So I think probably Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, I will put out a special edition of my podcast, or maybe I'll do for Wednesday morning's podcast of the John Campion podcast. I will do my full review of Batman v Superman. I am so stoked. I am so freaking excited. I have said from day one that this movie is going to kick all kinds of ass. I mean, I mean, who knows? I mean, yes, it still could suck. It still could suck. It's a movie. Any movie could still suck. But I believe from day one in Zack Snyder, because I love Man of Steel, I, it's from day one, me and Schnepp have preached the gospel of Ben Affleck as Batman. We have told everybody from day one that his casting was a brilliant freaking casting. So, and the fact that they are being influenced by one of the greatest graphic standalone shot novels of all time in The Dark Knight Returns, like just everything is going for it. And I cannot wait to see this movie it is going to kick copious amounts of ass. Uh, and I am stoked and you should be stoked too. So yeah, the whole crew of us, we're all going to go and watch this movie on Tuesday. 
And then you'll start hearing some responses from us come Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, whatever. Keep your eyes open for that. All right. Speaking of big things happening in the world of movies. Um, strange one, but one we've been expecting for some time. Disney officially announced the other day. They put out a press release. I mean, this is this isn't rumor. This isn't speculation. This is one. This, this is not some second unit director is saying it. No, no, this is official. This came right from Disney. For any of you still wondering about this, Indiana Jones 5 is coming and Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford are coming back to uh, direct and star in. Uh, Rob Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy are coming back to produce. It's happening, folks, and the whole gang is back to do Indiana Jones 5 with the one exception of the now retired George Lucas. So it is, I mean, I lament a little bit that that team, Lucas and Spielberg and Ford, gave us Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, The Last Crusade, three of the greatest adventure films of all time. George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford. And so I lament a little bit that George Lucas won't be a part of it, because three out of four were awesome. <laughs> we don't talk about the crystal skull. That's kind of like the heroin addict second cousin that we don't mention at the family get-togethers. That's kind of the crystal skull. Uh, the crystal skull is kind of like the prequels, the Star Wars prequels. I mean, they, they all kind of fall into that category. And so I so there's a part of me that glad that's glad that the the deity known as George Lucas, who I will forever worship at his altar, a part of me is glad he's 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 Staying retired. He's stepping out. He's retired. He's just going to enjoy his $5 billion that he has and enjoy life, enjoy his kids, enjoy his family, enjoy his, uh, he does a lot of charitable stuff. I'm glad he's doing that. I am. But um, a part of me will miss the fact that he's not going to be part of that creative team. And and then it raises the question. I had a lot of people tweeting me asking me, well, what about Harrison Ford? Like, do you think Harrison Ford is too old to play Indiana Jones? And it really depends on how are they going to use Indiana Jones. Like, if they try to have Indiana Jones, you know, fighting giant muscular Nazis, which there are no Nazis anymore in the time frame that Indiana Jones is in, or or running from, from booby traps in caves and swinging across giant chasms, then maybe Han Solo, Han Solo, maybe Harrison Ford is a little too old for it. But keep in mind, he just did Star Wars The Force Awakens. And while he is clearly older now, I never once felt watching The Force Awakens, and tell me in the comments if, if you agree with this or not, I never once felt Harrison Ford's age. I never felt his age in the movie. He still moved really good. He still looks really good. So now, can Harrison Ford pull off the crap that he was doing in, you know, uh, um, you know, in the first Raiders of the Lost Ark, in the Temple of Doom. Can, can he still pull off the stuff he did in those movies? No, probably not. So, but there's ways you can use him. Like the way J.J. Abrams used Harrison Ford in The Force Awakens was brilliant because he looked still looks spry and active because they didn't have him doing too much, you know? They didn't have Han Solo get in a fist fight with three stormtroopers at once. That wouldn't have felt believable. But they use him in such a way that it, you never felt the age. And if Steven Spielberg, who's the greatest director of all time, if Steven Spielberg can still use Indiana Jones in a way that it doesn't stretch our imaginations too much, then he might come across just fine. Now, I still have a feeling this is going to be a passing of the torch kind of movie. Um, but, I mean, I'd be surprised if Indiana Jones 5 ends with Indiana just finishing the one adventure and getting ready to look off to the next adventure. I'd be surprised if that happens. I do not think we're going to see an Indiana Jones 6 with Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is going to be kind of a passing of the torch. So if I hadn't seen The Force Awakens, maybe I'd think Harrison Ford is too old. But I did see The Force Awakens, and he didn't look bad in it at all. So I'm going to say no. As, as long, look, because it's in the hands of the smartest director of all time, Spielberg will know how to use him right. 
He will hide the weaknesses that Harrison Ford being 73 or 74 years old brings on. It's going to accentuate all the things he can do. Harrison Ford is still in great shape. Forget in great shape for a guy his age. Harrison Ford is still in great shape, period. So, um, and especially for his age. So I think there are ways that you can make this movie where he comes across just fine and I'm looking forward to it. All right, another piece of interesting news just dropped yesterday. Now, you know, a few years ago, um, there was an attempt to get a Lobo movie going. Now, if you're not familiar with who Lobo is, you can be forgiven because almost nobody knows who isn't a comic book geek. Almost nobody knows who Lobo is, but he's a really cool badass character. Anyway, a number of years ago, uh, The Rock was attached to play Lobo in a Lobo feature film. Now, nothing ever happened to that. Now, what's interesting is the guy who was attached to direct the film, Brad Payton, went on to direct The Rock in San Andreas. Uh, but anyway, that Lobo project sputtered and just went nowhere. And it's kind of been off our radar now. Well, yesterday, news came out that Warner Brothers, and I think The Wrap was the uh, was the outlet to break this news. The Wrap is reporting that Warner Brothers is back in development on Lobo. It hasn't been greenlit, but they have hired a new writer again. And the writer they've gotten is the guy they've gotten to write the Wonder Woman script, and that's Jason Fuchs. It's F-U-C-H-S. I mean, it's Jason Fox, but I mean, it's probably Fuchs. I'm not 100% sure how to say it. I'm going to go with Jason Fuchs. So Jason Fuchs uh, has been hired to rewrite from scratch a new Lobo script. Now, there was nothing said about a, a director being attached. It's unlikely that Brad Payton would be coming back to still direct it because he's got, number one, he's got San Andreas to do. And then number two, after San Andreas 2, he's doing another movie with The Rock uh, based on the Rampage video game. So that's coming too. So I don't know that there's any room in his schedule in the immediate future to do a Lobo movie. So as of right now, I know some people are running online saying it's official a Lobo movie is coming. No, it's not. It's official that Warner Brothers is at least developing it. It hasn't been greenlit. They just hired a writer. So they're going to see how that goes. But I won't be surprised if it happens. You know, I was talking to Schnepp about this and Schnepp was like, The Rock has got to come back. So Schnepp thinks, and he'll probably mention this on Movie Talk a little bit later today. Oh, I don't know. He's on Movie Talk today. Anyway, um, Schnepp believes that pretty soon there's going to be an announcement that The Rock is no longer going to be Black Adam. I mean, isn't that, they announced The Rock as Black Adam like two years ago and we still don't have a Shazam movie on the schedule. I mean, it's kind of crazy. So Schnepp theorized to me that pretty soon we're going to hear that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is no longer Black Adam, but rather instead is Lobo. And if he is Lobo, then the idea of Brad Payton coming back on to direct it may hold more water. Because remember, Brad Payton just did San Andreas with him. He's about to do San Andreas too, and he's about to do Rampage with him. And if after that they do Lobo together, that might make some sense. So it's an interesting thing. I give this chance, I give this uh, Lobo project a 70% chance it'll actually make it to the big screen. Remember, no matter what websites out there are saying it's official now, it's not. All Warner Brothers is doing is they've hired a writer to pen a script. Lots of movies get scripts penned that never turn into movies. So let's wait and see. But I would give it a solid 70% chance, especially if they tell us they're attaching the rock to it again. Because then it's like, it's just guaranteed moneymaker. It's it's a no-brainer. That thing will work. All right, next up here, let's talk about this. This is really interesting. As far there's look, there's a million comic book TV shows on right now. I think the actual number is 12 or something like that. Anyway, one of the more interesting ones. Notice I'm not saying good or bad, I'm saying interesting. One of the more interesting ones is Gotham. Gotham is one that Look, I'll be honest with you. I thought the first season of Gotham was just bad. I thought it was a bad first season. Um, it wasn't like dreadful and horrible and garbage, like, like say the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that. It, it wasn't like that bad. But it, it was pretty bad. Um, I kept watching it, even though it's bad, but I kept waiting for it to get better. 
And by the time season one ended, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm ready to give up on this show. This is just never, uh, it's never broken through for me. And then season two came. And I got to tell you guys, I, I, you've probably heard me say this before, but season two, at least the first half of season two, has been a decided improvement over season one. I, I, not just decided, I mean a vast improvement. Not in my top two or three favorite comic book TV shows right now, no, but a real vast improvement to the point that I go, you know what? I'm enjoying Gotham now. I think Gotham's pretty enjoyable now. So then they took like a, I don't know, two or three month break, mid-season break. So they got halfway through the first season or season number two and kind of wrapped up the storyline of the first half of season two. And then they just came back. I think they've had two episodes since they've come back now. I got to tell you, I'm not happy with the new episodes. Not happy with the first couple of episodes. Now, let's let's give it some time and see if it catches its footing again. But I'm not exactly thrilled with the first two episodes of the second half of season two. But undeterred, Fox has announced that they have already greenlit season three. They're going to bring it back. And look, the ratings have been pretty good. Um, I think the fact that season two has been such an improvement over season one has probably contributed to that. But right now, Fox seems to have a lot of faith in it. I think it ranks in the top 10 of all TV shows for males between 18 and 49 or something like that, um, which that's a good demographic. That's a demographic they want, and that's a pretty good number. Um, so they think across all platforms, including DVR and stuff like that, they're thinking Gotham gets about 9 million viewers. Those aren't numbers to sneeze at, folks. So Gotham has been renewed for season three. How happy or sad I personally am about that is going to depend a lot on how the rest of season two starts to shake out. Because like I said, the first two episodes of the second half of season two have not impressed me. This Mr. Freeze character emotionally, I know it meant to have some emotional hooks, but they never worked for me. Uh, I don't think the Hugo Strange, I thought I was really excited to hear that they were doing Hugo Strange. And I was really hurt. I, is it B.D. Wong? Is that the name of the actor who they've got? I, I like B.D. Wong whenever I see him pop up and stuff. So I was, thought he would make a great Doctor Strange, but I don't like the Doctor Strange they're giving us right now either, or the Hugo Strange um, character they're giving us. So We'll see. Maybe it'll start picking up an episode in the third episode of, of the second half and the fourth episode of the second half. Let's see if it gains steam again. So I'm going to give it about three more weeks before I decide that I'm excited or not excited about them announcing a season three for Gotham. Let me know what you guys think of that in the comment section. Um, another thing I should mention here before I get to the Twitter questions is that a trailer dropped the other day for Sausage Party. Now, a lot of us scratched our heads. However, you know, eight months ago, a year ago, when we heard that Seth Rogen and, uh, and I forget his producing partner's name, but when Seth Rogen was going to be writing, producing and voice starring in this animated R rated animated movie sausage party, that's going to be about a bunch of food in a grocery mart. And I thought a lot of us scratched our heads and thought, well, this could be interesting. Maybe, I don't know. Guys, the trailer for Sausage Party dropped the other day. I trust most of you have seen the trailer for Sausage Party. And I found it so unbelievably funny. So unbelievably funny. The part... <laughs> they, 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 all these little food, and you think of this all the time, all these little food items in the grocery store that are actually alive, like, yay, we just can't wait to be bought and brought home, yay, and they think it's going to be like Valhalla or something when they get bought and, and taken home, but then they get home and the potato is so happy, yay, I'm being brought home, and then you see the lady grabbing the potato, taking a potato peeler and skinning the potato alive, and the potato screaming in agony, <gasps> It's the lady's peeling his skin off. And it's like, oh my God, it's so shocking, but I'm laughing my head off. Or when the the two baby carrots try to run away and the lady grabs the baby carrots and then they take the camera inside the lady's mouth and you see the baby carrots being ground up and bitten and shattered to pieces and being chewed alive. Um, I remember thinking, you can never show this to kids, but it's an R-rated comedy, so they're never going to show it to kids anyway. The trailer was hilarious. Now, I'm hearing mixed things because they did just show the movie at South by Southwest in Austin. And I'm hearing mixed things about it. 
Uh, some people quite enjoyed it. Some people didn't enjoy it so much, whatever. All I know is that I saw the trailer and to me, the trailer is unbelievably funny. So if you haven't seen the trailer, trailer, check it out. And you know, I always say the ultimate mark of a trailer, whether it was good or bad is, did it increase your anticipation in seeing the movie? And my anticipation for sausage party was probably around here. I was curious. I was interested after seeing it. It's up here. There's where my interest is. And that's the ultimate test of a trailer. And the trailer did its job. All right, guys, I'm going to take a a few minutes here now to take some of your Twitter questions. Once again, if you want a a question on the John Campion podcast, just hop on Twitter and tweet out using the hashtag TJCP. Once again, that's hashtag TJCP, abbreviation for the John Campion podcast. So hashtag TJCP, and I will get your questions. So I've picked out a couple of them here that I'm going to run through. Uh, The first one comes to us from Dave Gabble 64 and Dave Gabble writes, uh, love what you do, man. Thank you so much. Do you think Batman versus Superman will have a post credits tease for an upcoming DC film? Hashtag TJCP. Um, I really do. I haven't heard anything about it, so I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I really think they will. And since Wonder Woman is already in production, I think it would be wise for them to do a Wonder Woman post credit scene. I, I think that would be wise for them to do, and I think it is what they will do. I don't think they're going to post-credit scene for Justice League yet because they've got this you know Wonder Woman movie coming up first, and the Justice League movie is a lot further away. So I think they will do a post-credit scene, and I think it will be Wonder Woman. I won't be surprised if they don't do one, but that's what I think they're going to do at any rate. All right, next Twitter question comes to us from uh, Evan Dark Knight, or even Dark Knight, writes... Um, do you want the young actor who is playing Han Solo to replicate and look like Ford using makeup similar to what they did in Looper? Now, for those of you who haven't seen Looper, in Looper, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays the younger version of Bruce Willis. And what they did to Joseph Gordon-Levitt is they kind of made him up. And I think they used a little bit of digital as well. They used makeup and probably some digital to make him look a little bit more like Bruce Willis. So the question is, in the Han Solo movie, the new younger Han Solo movie that's coming up, do I want whatever actor they cast to use makeup and maybe some digital to make them look more like Harrison Ford? The answer to that question is absolutely no. 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 We're not idiots. You're not a moron. I'm not a moron. Sometimes I am. But most of the time, I am not a moron. Uh, The audience is not stupid. Now, it was a cool kind of shtick, and it worked really well in Looper, because you you had both of them. You had the older version, the younger version, in the movie, on screen at the same time. It kind of made sense for them to do it, and it it added to it. But in this movie, we're not going to have the old Harrison Ford running around alongside of whoever the young Han Solo is. It's not necessary. We'll get it. We're the audience. So let's say Taron Egerton ends up being the new young Han Solo. We'll get it. After about a minute into the movie, that is our new Han Solo. We'll be fine with that. It's a new actor playing the role, a younger version of him. We don't need him to look like Harrison Ford. We don't. Like I said, after about a minute or two, our minds will readjust and calculate, and then we'll look at this kid, whoever it is, and we'll go, okay, this is now Han Solo. And our minds will be able to deal with it. We'll be fine. It's the same thing whenever a new actor has to take on a new role. Like when the original uh, actor who played Dumbledore died and a new Dumbledore came in, clearly it was a different actor. But within about 30 seconds of the new actor being on screen, we were like, okay, this is now Dumbledore. We got it. We wrapped our heads around it. When Daniel Craig became 007, we watched it. They didn't have to make him up to look like Sean Connery or make him up to look like Timothy Dalton or make him up to look like Roger Moore or make him up to look like Pierce Brosnan. No. In about 30 seconds of him being on screen, ah, that's our James Bond now. We will do the same for for whoever's playing the young Harrison Ford. Now, you don't want to go to an extreme. 
you don't want to go out and hire some 17 or seven foot tall Norwegian kid with long blonde hair. Like you don't want to totally rattle us, but you don't have to go to the extent of make him up to look like give him the same fashion sense, but that's being consistent with the character, but you don't have to give him special makeup and stuff like that to make him. So I'm, I personally, just me, you may feel different and that's totally fine. I'm just saying for me personally, I don't think the audience is stupid. I think we'll be fine. I think we will manage we will accept whoever the new Harrison, whoever the new Han Solo is, as long as they're good. If they give, look, here's the thing: if they get in an actor, and the actor does a bad job, digital touching up or using makeup to make him look like Harrison Ford more wasn't isn't going to save the movie. And if the actor is good, then we're going to be totally fine. It, it all comes down to whether the actor, if the director and actor working together bring us a good Han Solo. If they good do, then we're fine. If they don't, then no amount of makeup would have made t- turned it from bad to good. So I think we're totally fine. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, two more questions. So this one comes from Delgado26R. And Delgado26R writes, Out of all the actors you have met in person, which one have you found to be the most humble or funniest? Um, great question. I think both answers are one guy. Now, I've met many actors who were great and wonderful and fantastic. And like, you don't have to be totally humble to be wonderful. Like, there are guys like um, Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth right now. He's not full of himself, but he's not like humbling himself every 10 seconds or anything like that, but super funny, super engaging, really cool guy. I've, I've, I've uh, gotten together with him on several occasions. He's awesome. Chris Evans, the same thing. If you're asking who's the most humble and who's the funniest, I actually got to say Chris Pratt because Chris Pratt is one of these guys who at least the times I've gotten together with him. When, like, when he came into our studio and we had a good half hour to just hang out with him backstage, like, he is still amazed and kind of confused about why people are interested in him. Like, he doesn't get it. Like, he legitimately, he's surprised that we want to spend our time talking to him. He's surprised by that. Like, that's just his mindset. He's incredibly humble and just had me cracking up the whole time. It had our whole crew cracking up the whole time. The dude is funny and engaging. And it's just one of those guys where he is the one who feels honored that you want to talk to him rather than some Hollywood celebrities who feel like, you better consider this a big deal that you get to talk to me. You know, because there are a lot of those guys and you can't blame them for feeling that way because... They're kind of right, but Chris Pratt is just uh, totally breaks the mold on all that. So I I would say, and there are others, there are many others who I thought had a a nice, really nice, humble attitude and were really funny. But I, I think the guy who stands out to me the most when I think of those qualities is probably Chris Pratt. All right. Last question of the day. And this question comes from, uh, Jarpris it's J A R P S. Uh, and Jarpris writes, Should I give up on Rebels after this season? This season has been so disappointing. You know, this season of Rebels is is a very confusing season to me because there have been some episodes of Rebels this season that have absolutely crushed it. There are some episodes of Rebels this season that have just killed. Like two weeks ago, the episode a couple weeks ago, when, spoiler alert, when the Grand Inquisitor is actually like a, a temple guard, a former Jedi Knight and all, like that whole, that episode was crazy good. Just absolutely crazy good. I love that episode. And then there were several episodes this season so far that have been remarkable. Now, that being said, there have been an awful lot of filler episodes. This most recent episode was a letdown. There have been a number of letdown episodes. Far more letdown episodes this season than last season. To the point where I am kind of teetering right now on the, you know, was this a bad season or was this a good season? I'm teetering right now in the middle and they've only got a couple of episodes left. I am hoping they finish strong because they, to me right now, 
despite last the, the the last episode with the Inquisitor coming across as a former Jedi Knight, with the exception of that, of that episode, to me it feels like this season is limping towards the finish line. It started pretty damn strong, and now I feel like it is limping towards the finish line. So. These, I'm right on the edge of whether I'm considering this a successful season or a disappointing season because we've had almost equal amounts of greatness and what the heck are they doings? So we'll see how they finish out this season. Um, I'm look, even if the next two episodes are bad, I think there was enough good in this season that I'm still going, I'm not going to check out. I'm still going to give season three a shot and go into season three hopeful. But I would really prefer it if the last two episodes are really great because they've had they've had more than their fair share of just filler kind of boring episodes. And I hope they can turn the tide of that as and finish strong for this season. All right, guys, that's actually it. That is all the time now and all the questions I had. Thanks so much for joining for this episode of the John Campia podcast. Once again, uh, make sure you get my book, The Pride, which is available right now on Amazon. Head on over to Amazon.com and pull down my uh, book. Look for my book, The Pride. It's on Kindle and it's on paperback. So make sure you grab that there. And hey, by the way, you can go and get a free trial subscription for once Comic-Con HQ, the new Comic-Con and Lionsgate channel launches, that's going to have my new movie news show on it. Uh, you can go over to uh, comic-conhq.com. That's comic-conhq.com and sign up so that when the channel launches, you'll have a three, a, either a free month or a free couple of months, whatever it is, go check it out. Make sure you test that channel out. I cannot wait for that thing to start. I'm looking forward to it a lot. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining me uh, on this episode of the John Campion Podcast. We'll be back again, maybe tomorrow, maybe Monday. I'm not really totally sure yet, but uh, check your, your feed. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. It'll be awesome. And guys, listen, do me a favor. If you haven't done so yet, please jump onto iTunes, Search for the John Campy podcast and rate this podcast and leave a comment. It actually helps me out a great deal when you do that. So once again, please jump over to iTunes, stop what you're doing, jump to iTunes, look for the John Campy podcast and then rate this podcast and leave a comment. That would be incredibly helpful. So thanks a lot for joining me, guys. My name is John Campia and for the John Campy podcast, until next time, bye-bye.